Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Rainbow Bunch podcast. This week's episode has the song of the week included in the episode. How cool is that? So if you're listening to us on Spotify, then you will be able to listen to the song of the week through the episode. If you're not listening to us on Spotify, don't worry. An episode has been uploaded for you to enjoy with a song of the week linked in the show notes. Whew, that was a lengthy PSA. Anyways, enjoy the show, and as always, stay colorful. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rainbow Bunch podcast, a colorful show with colorful people talking about colorful things. Nailed it. Uh, (laughs) I'm Raven. I'm Dana. And I'm Barry. And again, this is the Rainbow Bunch podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. Um, It's been a long time since we recorded, but you know what? We're We're still in a pandemic. So... Yes, unprecedented times. (laughs) I'm obsessed with all of the names that people have now given the pandemic. (gasps) My favorite is Panasonic. (laughs) What? A Panasonic? My favorite is Panasonic, a Panamine, a Ponderosa. And then when I'm feeling a little spicy, a Panini. (laughs) Yeah. I have a plethora of names. I'm obsessed. Pandemic? Ooh, the pandemic. Can we talk about the names for the stimulus check? Like the STEMI? It got a little the sauce stim- on it. I the- haven't heard any of these. The STEMI? Oh, I love the STEMI. I got my STEMI today. I was so surprised. I need to check. Let me check. I'm waiting for my shit to drop. It Chase, Chase hit that. You had a direct deposit of $600. I was like, Ooh. what? Ain't po no more. Well, that ain't true. For now. Ain't po today. Look at my God, okay? Look at my God coming through. Oh, come on. You got your stimmy? I got the stimmy for the win. Have you seen? I think I'm the only bitch for that one. That can't be. You have to have, you have to get one. It's coming. It's on the way. It better be. (laughs) All right. Thank God we didn't receive no Trump check. God dang. I'm just too glad that it does not have this man's name on a piece of paper coming to my mailbox. My mama said, if I got a Trump check, I'm going to send that back. And me and my daddy were like, you better not. <laughs> you better cash that. <laughs> Even if it got his name on it, that's still our money. <laughs> you better cash our- that check. Okay. Our money. Ooh, All we- right. Yeah. <sighs> that bitch Mitch McConnell. oh my god he is the devil i swear he is the devil incarnate like there is no there is no other way that somebody can be that evil like you can't even make a video game character this like (laughs) morally just depraved like i just i prefer the monster from pan's labyrinth over him (laughs) i just see him and see yertle the turtle Oh, he looks like the monster from Pan's Labyrinth, but I'd rather be stuck in the labyrinth with the monster from Pan's Labyrinth than him. 
Like, at least I know the monster's going to screw me. Mitch McConnell would say to my face, like, oh, you're going to be fine. And then continue to just. Yeah, I'm pretty over it. (laughs) Over it. You know, this is the thing that I've been thinking all along, though, is like, these are the people that we sent to Congress. Like, if you don't want to be politically engaged after this year, know that these people will still continue doing this work. Like, President, exactly. no matter who the president is, they're going to still try to do it. I really hope we win these Senate races because it's going to make the next Georgia. two years a lot better than what it's going to be. Georgia. I need Georgia to come through. Come on, Georgia. Yes. Whatever y'all like, need, Georgia. let us know. You need some rides. I can't say I'm going to get you one personally, <laughs> but I'll give you some money to get that Uber to them polls, okay? They for the fact that... They, yeah, but for the fact that a woman who quite frankly got cheated out of an election is doing more work than any elected official. And I love AOC. I love Ilha. I love the squad, but she is doing far more than they are doing just as a normal citizen. As a citizen. And that is very inspiring. You know, like that. I just, I just hope to be as great as Stacey, Miss Stacey Abrams one day. It's going to happen. I, too, hope to I get my shit together. <laughs> I, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're funny. We need the Bible verse of the day. <laughs> Am I reading the Bible verse? Yeah. Am I? Oh, it's me? Oh, oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> Just for some context. 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 Text, not context. Context. Um, we tried to record this on a new app and it did not work out. And I said, Hey, is it going to be Brother Barry or Sister Dana? And you know, I offended Barry and I I truly apologize. <laughs> you tried to rip my segment away from me. You tried to oh. rip it from me. I'm so sorry. Because Data suggested and I got confused. Well, that's on me. I apologize. No, it's not, it's not your fault. It's not, it's neither of your faults. It's it's my fault. It's my fault. I feel like that was shade, but just please read the Bible <laughs> verse. <laughs> okay. So um Normally, we, like, find some type of random verse um, off of the internet. Like, something completely randomized that just kind of, like, pops up. But this episode, we're doing something that that kind of hits us a little closer to home. Um, I think a lot of us really do need to hear this, um, especially today. Um, so, so I'm just going to say it as, as simply as I can. Open up your Bibles to <laughs> Romans... Chapter 8, verse 18. I said Romans chapter 8, verse 18. All right, when you're there, when you're there, I want you to, to read it and say it with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing the glory that will be revealed to us. Can you read that one more time? I'm here for you. 
Oh, let's read a different version. Here we go. For I consider that the sufferings of the present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Even another version. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Come on. Come on, verse. Amen. Amen. Ooh, ooh, a new year. That's perfect for the new year. Yes. It was really funny because I listened to, y'all, I'm Catholic, and I'm like, I, I like, go through my ebb and flow of being, like, really Catholic and just, like, the Catholic Church is, like, destroying me inside. Um, And, like, right now I think I'm, like, trying to still come to, to peace with, like, where I'm at on this scale. I don't think you have to be all in of anything. So, like, that's definitely not a goal of mine. But, like, you know, I want to try to understand. And if there's anything that I can do to help others, like, I want to be there to be present and, like, provide that. But this this friar, this Franciscan friar said something. He did, a, like, a, a Christmas message on um, YouTube. And essentially what he said was, this Christmas is like the the first Christmas that like we probably had in our lifetime where Christmas was representative of exactly what Christmas is all about. And I said, okay, uh, tell me more. <laughs> and he said, the birth of Jesus came out of, of the world being at a really bad place. And, and Jesus being born um, into this chaos was sent to earth to help us figure out how to live a better life, how to have a better society. And, and that's what's happened. And, and unfortunately last year was a perfect representation of like a world of chaos, especially for us here in the United States. And, and now Jesus has been born. We come into to 2021 and, and we have to know that we got a lot of stuff that we need to do to be better as a country, as a, a race, as you know, people on this earth, we've got a lot of work to do, and I, I really hope that we do it. I love it. I think it's I think it's so so I li- I listen, um, shout out to my shout out to my sis Whitney and my good sis Ginger. They have a podcast and it's called Bourbon and Beignets. Mm-hmm. And um they talk about Jesus. Uh as as Ginger say, they're Jesus lovers. Um <laughs> And they like they talk about the Lord all the time, and um, I will say that listening specifically to that, like I think I would like to think like listening to them makes you want to be a better Christian. And I'm saying this to say, on one of their episodes, they talked about how um, it was around the George Floyd protest and the Breonna Taylor's uh, protest, and. Uh, Ginger had mentioned, like, you know, there's a lot of Christians who are opposing the Black Lives Matter movement. And and she brought up, she brought up the fact, she said, you know, your Lord and Savior that you, you worship so dearly, you know, he went in, he went into the church and flipped tables. He fed the poor. He would do all these things. And she just, she goes like, I, in a matter of words to say, like, I implore you to think about Really think about what would Jesus do in this moment if you hear like your brothers and sisters in Christ like crying out to just not be murdered anymore, and you're you're opposing that. Like, 
are you sure? Are you sure that's something Jesus would do? And I, I just always think about that, like in my daily life, like how can I be a better Christian and how, how can I make this world a better place? And I will definitely say, you know, listening to them gives me some hope. Uh, and also just keeping in the back of my head, like Jesus did it in, in a matter of years, like did all his preachings and teachings in a matter of years. Um, one, I am not Jesus and I cannot do that in a matter of years. I can't do that in a matter of months or decades. Um, I'm just one tiny person, but if I could just do my little bit to make a difference, I think that's, that's all that matters. Just striving to be a better person and bring about positivity, positive change in this world. Yeah. And even though I know that you just said that you're just one little person, but also just think about the vastness of the amount of people that you can reach. So even like with the podcast, with even, you know, saying hey to the people at the grocery store to the point where, you know, it's not just a transaction. You're really getting to see people. You're really understanding that we're all, you know, living these lives at the same time, which is also really wild when you think about it, because everyone is living their own experience. Everyone is bringing in themselves to whatever that, um, whatever situation that comes up and we can't help that. And so, especially with this verse, this is one of my favorite verses of all times, because it just lets me know to slow down a little bit, slow down, take it all in, understanding that each moment is a moment and you have to acknowledge that and you have to give honor to that. But that moment is not necessarily going to last. And there is hope and there is hope for a better future. We just have to get to the point where we understand and even, you know, not put ourselves aside, but also incorporate ourselves within ourselves to be able to create just bigger and better for the future, instead of just relying on thinking about that one moment and just hovering on that one moment. Yeah, this reminds me a lot about that conversation that we had in our last episode, where we kind of talked about success, you know, like, you can't gauge success on this one thing that you did, you know, just like you can't, um, you can't see failure as like one moment in your lifetime where, you know, things just didn't work out. I think a lot of people are feeling that right now. And like, you have not failed. You have been set back, sure, but you did not fail. You still have so much life to live. Just keep moving forward. You're going to get there, you know? And like, you're right, Raven, Jesus didn't do it in a day. It happened over the course of a lifetime and even more happened after he died. Amen. Amen. Yes. Yes. Amen. And the residuals of all of it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. if you don't see the immediate result at that moment, there's still the possibility that you are influencing change for future generations by just doing, you know, simple stuff. Like even I was thinking about recycling because, you know, we have all of these resources and all of these materials and 
we need to be everyone please recycle let's just start there. climate change is real <laughs> climate change is real the earth There's is on fire room. exactly and we have so much capability as humans and really understanding that it's not just anything it all works together for the greater good uh I, you said climate change and i thought about this and i i remember like I remember way back in the gap, which isn't way back for me. Um, I'm all of 24 years old, so. But <laughs> but I remember, I think it was like around high school or something. Um, I remember hearing like, oh yeah, you know, if we want to fix climate change, we have to get rid, like, we got to get rid of people, wear a virus. And then the lockdown happened. People stopped going to work as much and the air got cleaner. And so you have to think like, Maybe it's not people. Maybe it's certain people. Maybe it's the people who value money over lives, over the planet. Maybe it's people who, who are greedy and who, who just think in a monetary sense and don't think in a broader, longer sense. Because let's keep it a book. Money changes all the time. We have seen over history when we, when we went to trading to a money system to gold to fiat like it's it's temporary it is it, it's temporary but if 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 we have people like like us and um more 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 particular like elected officials who actually cared um Ooh. who who thought in a longer term as in the here and now uh i think I think one, we would be able to have a cleaner air and be able to think, be able to thrive and just be able to live and not have to survive. Like, I, I, I know Jesus didn't want me to just survive. I know he wanted me to thrive. And I just, I just, I, I just wish, and I, at least for me, I want that for other people. Even even if they don't like me, even if they don't like me for my sexuality or the color of my skin, I still want that for other people. I, ju- I just want other people to want that for other people. Like, stop being so selfish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's really funny because, like, I commonly think, you know, like, oh, we want the United States to be the most prosperous country in the world. But, like... People who say that aren't saying that they want the people of America to be the most prosperous people in the world. Bloop. <laughs> Bloop. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm really, yeah. I'm really messed up with all this stuff. I, I think it's it's really messy and it, it, it hurts. It hurts in a way that like I never thought it would be, you know? And I think many of us like... Looking around, I've been listening to this podcast called How to Save a Planet, which I definitely recommend. It's like, um, it, it's kind of like a an action item podcast. It, you like hear about all the history of like what has happened um, that has kind of put us in the spot that we're in today. And then it tells you at the end of the podcast, like, are we screwed? And it's like, eh, yeah, we might be, or we might not be. And at this is something that you can do today to begin us not being as screwed or screwed at all, you know? 
I think it's super interesting. And like, there was this beautiful episode about this woman from Louisiana who was talking about hurricanes and like, just over the years, what has, has happened. And, you know, like, she's like, I would have never called myself an environmentalist like years ago, but now I am one because if I'm not my homeland, you know, the home that my, you know, father, grandfather, great grandfather, whoever built is not going to be here any longer. So, you know, like, it's not just the environment, it's my life, it's my history, it's my, my family, it can all just go washed away. Yeah, and I think we all need to start looking at that. Yeah, that, that reminds me, um, the podcast you mentioned reminds me of this uh, YouTube channel, it's um, Levi Hildebrand, but in between, he calls himself Levi Save the World Hildebrand, and the whole point of his uh, channel is, you know, you don't have to do these big grand gestures to save the world. It could be small changes that you can do. And 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 the the his YouTube channel is very one, it's extremely educational, but I think it's even more realistic because he lives in Canada. He has access to more things, um, more environmentally friendly things than I do in I do in the city I live in. Um there's more bulk stores up there. There's not so many in here. Uh, and I think it's very cool in that he puts it into like a realistic perspective. Like, hey, just just do what you can. If that means like cutting out plastic, do that. If that means bringing a water bottle, do that. Um, and so I also recommend people watching his videos. And then on the same note, I always get so confused when you're talking about the woman from Louisiana. I always get so confused when People from Louisiana, specifically South Southern Louisiana, they talk about oil like all the time. Especially people like our age talk about oil and the importance of oil. And and in my head, I'm like, one, Louisiana is we are one of the more cash-strapped states, but we, if we thought more creatively, we'll be able to find ways to generate revenue for the for the state, one. Two, do y'all not remember the BP oil spill? Like, we're still feeling the effects from it today, and people are getting cancer. Like, kids younger than us are getting cancer because of the results of that. Two, um, so that's number two. Number three, every single hurricane that has hit since Katrina has progressively gotten worse and has continued to wash away our coastlands. That is our first line of defense. <laughs> so after like the next big hurricane, all we can live on is a prayer. That's it. That's yeah. it. Like, I don't understand how people are from Southern Louisiana and don't think of themselves, like don't care, or even like don't think about the environment. We see it on the news all the time. We like, it is addressed on the news all the time, especially during Christmas. Like if you have an actual Christmas tree, bring it to the coastland. That's it. That's, that's all you have to do. Build up the coast. And then there's some people who just continually disregard that. How? How? Because you're taking it. away people's jobs. But again, if we thought more creatively, we can generate revenue. We... I get so frustrated about this. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Well, this has all been great. I loved that we, we've taken this detour. Um, <laughs> like always. <laughs> like always. always. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. But, you know, like one thing that I'm sure all of us learned in college is that like 
everything is um, intersectional. And, and I'm sure that like in our conversation today, we're gonna find some intersectionality of like all the things that we've talked about over the course of the last couple of minutes. Absolutely. Um, it's such so. a sexy word, isn't it? Intersectional. Ooh. <laughs> whisper, whisper it in my ear. <laughs> the Jesuit semester screamed. Um. <laughs> I think this is an opportune time to go on to the actual subject of the episode. So, Barry? Yeah. Y'all. One of my favorite songs from my childhood was the song Love and Sex and Magic. <laughs> All right, okay. And <laughs> I don't know why, because I knew nothing about love or sex, but I was obsessed <laughs> with magic. I think that might be it. <laughs> Anytime someone could show me a magic trick, I was like all in and I'd have them do it over and over and over again. And I don't want them to tell me how they did it, but then I want to figure it out. But then I'm never going to learn how to do it because I want to remain amazed at magic. That's literally- That is the cutest little thing ever. Damn, I'm trash. Well, thank you, but I feel mortified. (laughs) But it plays in my head often when I start to think about love and sex and marriage and dating and all of the above, right? And I think we as like um, a gay community or LGBTQIA plus community really have a strange relationship with love and sex and dating. Extremely. Um, (laughs) So I was talking with a friend yesterday about some thoughts that were popping into my head as like we crawl into the new year you know everyone is like oh yeah that new year's kiss and i'm like huh never had that (laughs) so (laughs) i i don't know what that feels like but i'm totally um totally interested in exploring it but there's another selfish reason why I'm talking about this and this is like kind of a plug and kind of not a a plug at the same time because I don't actually know what I'm doing but I'm currently working on creating a project where um, I start exploring what it means to be what I would say a good person you know Um, And a part of that for like me as like a gay man is like, I always envision being someone's like knight in shining armor. Ooh, I felt that. (laughs) Um, I always, yeah, I always envision being someone's like prince that takes care of them and like shows them that they are worthy of the crown that rests on their head. Um, So I'm, I'm working on exploring that and I'm trying to to have like little interviews with my friends about how they feel about various topics that I've been exploring. Um, This might turn into a podcast. It might turn into a blog. It might turn into a book. Here for it all. Yeah. I was about to say supporting anyway. So, (laughs) so I'm exploring it, but I, as like, I try to explore it, it's becoming really super male oriented. And I kind of want to crush that up because I don't think it's fair. Um, and I just wanted to like swivel to the LGBTQIA plus community and just like see what we all kind of have in common, right? And one of the things that I want to ask the two of you 
is what do you think about dating? You know, like, is there, is, are, do we have initial thoughts? Do we have initial feelings about dating? Um, I think our reactions both say it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's Dana, you go. I was just about to say that it's, um, it's interesting being in the LGBTQIA plus community and trying to date because there's not only navigating, um, you know, dating in general, but then for me, there's also the additive of, you know, um, is this person comfortable with their sexuality? Are they coming out? Are they, you know, out to their family? There's so many different, do they have a good relationship with their family because of their sexuality? So there are a few more for me, in my opinion, um, not necessarily detours, but just additives to go off of when trying to date. Um, I don't know if I, I'll say it. So the thing is, right now, I'm currently in a relationship. <laughs> it has been for a minute. I'm not going to get into details, but this person has really um, shown me how even some other relationships that I've had have not been the healthiest. And, you know, really taking time because ultimately I think that we all want partnership. We all want some type of um, companion, even if it's not, you know, um, romantic or sexual, we still want that connection because as humans, like we need that. That's just one of the things. So um, really being comfortable within yourself first. And I don't mean you have to be comfortable with everything, but just knowing who you are and what you're looking for within a partner that you would like and knowing how you want to be treated is very important while dating and trying to make sure that you don't lose yourself within a relationship because a lot of people, I'm not going to generalize, <laughs> but within the community, it becomes, thank you. Um, <laughs> Lesbians. It becomes all encompassing. <laughs> and that's not the healthiest because you still need to have your own personality and your own being within yourself without being attached to anyone. So dating is interesting. Dating is always weird. Just go in. I'm not going to say with no expectations because that's no fun sometimes, but go in knowing that one day your person will come. Yeah. And like, this is what I want to stop. Like before we move on to Raven, like that's not just lesbians, like gay guys are the same way the exact same way. They won't tell you that. Um, it's not as on the surface, but but I, I wanna like just say like, it's definitely in, in gay relationships as well. And I, I'd argue that like homosexual, sorry, heterosexual relationships also have this. It's just not on the surface and we just don't see it. But but I wanna shoot it over to Raven. I want your thoughts as well. Oh no, heterosexual relationships definitely had that. I had a conversation with a friend about it. I'm like, you can't keep doing that sis. <laughs> <laughs> but for for dating one I haven't I haven't 
dated. I've been single um, all my life, uh, but I've definitely had, I don't want to call them entanglements, um, but they were, they were relationships that were more than one in particular. It was, it's, it was a relationship where it's kind of, we were friends, but there was something there more. Um, and for me, that um, that taught me I don't want in a relationship. And back to what Dana said, like navigating, navigating that as a woman. And I think sometimes it really, not to like break it down either further, but sometimes it depends on how you identify within the community. You know, there's studs, fam, stems. Um, and I think, I think for, for me, it's, I know if we were to get in a relationship, that particular one, if we were to get in a relationship, it would be hiding on her part. Uh, and I don't, I don't want to do that. Uh, and I know that with that one, I also deserve better. And it's not, I know in that relationship, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be 50 50. And I know some portions sometimes during a relationship, it's not necessarily 50 50 Sometimes, you know, it's 60 40, depending on like your partner's mental health state or like physical state or, or financial state. So it's, it's a give or take, but I know in that sense, it would have been take, take, take. And for me coming to that realization, it was just a matter of one, being comfortable with myself and knowing myself, but also having that confidence in myself and that building that self-esteem. And, and I also, it's just, it's just difficult, especially in the South, dating in the South and also being LGBT because we're few and far in between. And even if there's like buku people in the city or in wherever you are that are part of the community, they may not be out. And that circles back around to comfortability if they're out with their family, if they're out in public. Um, and it's it's a difficult thing. It's a difficult time. And I also think being Black and dating in the LGBT community, because uh, I can honestly say the city where I'm at, there's not a lot of Black women who are gay. Um, and there's even fewer white women who are gay who want to date black people or who don't who don't care race wise, which is cool, whatever. Um, but there's even fewer. And I feel like dating within the LGBT community and being black, it's it's a struggle because you're part of two communities that sometimes um don't get along in the worst in the worst sense possible. You have some people in the LGBT community who are extremely racist. And then you have a lot of you have some people in the black community who are incredibly homophobic. And it's it's always a battle, at least for me, it's always a battle figuring out, okay, is this person out? She's out, cool. All right, um, is she down for the cause? No, okay, well, it's gonna be a problem. It, and it, it's about the boundaries that I set for myself and figuring out if it's 
as as one of my lines is to say, is it a non-negotiable? Um, are, are those characteristics that I look for in a person, are some of them negotiable? Are some of them non-negotiables? And it's, it's rough. And it doesn't help that I also don't like people. So <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, I feel like dating in the LGBT community, it, it's rough, especially depending on where you are in the, in the States. Yeah. That's also interesting. I, um, <clears throat> of course I want to talk a little bit about myself, but I really want to make sure that like I continue to push us forwards and like, I completely agree with everything that both of you said, you know, like I've found that like, um, I have been the person on the other end of this where like I wasn't out for the longest time, <laughs> you know, um, or like at least to my family, I was out to all of my friends. And like, if you know me, you know, but, <laughs> um, but I think in certain situations, like I've only been in in one relationship and it was more recent than ever. And it was um, really short and really, really, really long distance. Um, and like, that's not me trying to like lose the validity of that relationship because it is something that's really beautiful and really special. And our anniversary, if we would have stayed together, would be in 13 days, um, which is like really on my mind right now. Um, but well, we love you. I love you too. I'm glad I have y'all. Um, and so like uh, the other re- relationships that I've kind of like had, I always call them relationships in the theatrical sense. And what I think I mean by that, like when you study theater, you every you have a relationship to anyone and everyone that is also in the play. And that is like in terms of severity. Um, I'm interested in like what, if there's a non-theatrical term for like, relationships that we have with people. Like I have a relationship with both of you, but we don't have like a relationship. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I hope not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hilarious. Um, but so like, this is what I'll say. I find that in the LGBT community, we have relationships and, and it's one of two relationships and it's very rare to find the third right? One relationship is you're dating someone for like a while, but it's not going anywhere other than just you all going on dates or hanging out, right? Why are you yelling? (laughs) (laughs) You're like (laughs) going on dates, going on dates, going on dates, and nothing is happening. And then there's like, I know when I'm in a situation like this, I usually go to that person and I'm like, so what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Why are we just staying in one place? Like, it doesn't feel like our relationship is, is progressing, even if we are learning more about each other. Like, why, why can't we, you know, jump to the next step of like true courtship and like being boyfriend and boyfriend, girlfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend, X and X, you know, um, or X and Y, like, why can't we make that jump? Or there's the exact opposite where all we're doing is like having sex and like there's that's it we don't know anything else about each other <laughs> that's like all that we do so it it's like um you're essentially it's like you you all are together it's like you you Sometimes I, I find that those sexual relationships do gain some traction amongst like people getting to know each other, but and it, it it's almost like a marriage. Like you all are are together, like it's a marriage, but there's there's no ring, there's no commitment. It's like, well, you know, like I'm gonna go and 
have sex with you. And then like, you know, there's, uh, yeah, that's all this is, right? <laughs> that's all this is. Um, some people call it friends with benefits, but sometimes people aren't even friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so like, those are the two things that I'm finding. And like, the third thing is what I, I, I know that I want, right? Which is like, you meet someone, you all are, are like hanging out and like batting eyelashes at each other. That's really sweet. That seems like courtship, right? And then eventually you all start going out on dates and one person pays and the other person, you know, like accepts that that person paid. And then like, maybe that person pays for another thing, you know, whatever your relationship is, or it's a constant like give and take of like, all right, we're going to go to this restaurant and I'm going to pay. And then we're going to go to this restaurant and you're going to pay. And I'm, you know, that's very much so what I love. Um, and then I'm such a switch. Um, and then, <laughs> sorry, that's the reality of it all. Um, and then, you know, like, then it starts to progress to the next level of like, oh, wow, I, I really like hanging out with you. Like, let's hang out some more. And then like, you introduce them to your friends, you introduce them to your family, you maybe eventually move in together. And like, you start to get to know each other, you go on vacations, you get to know everything about each other. And then you're like, God, I, I love you so much. I love you so much that I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Let's get married. And then like, it turns into that. And then in some cases, you know, like if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Let's move on. Let's do it all over again with someone else. That's kind of interesting to me. Um, I will not demonize people who feel like they need a divorce. Um, but, you know, like people change, people grow. And like, I think it's a constant relationship that like you have to buy into. And like, if you've chosen marriage, you've chosen to take it to another step. And if it didn't work out, well, then that's fine. Sorry, not to go off on that tangent. But um, that's what I think when we all think about like, kind of like love and sex and marriage, like that's what we we think about or like love and sex and dating. That's kind of like the path that I think many of us think. There's a huge movement right now to say like, it doesn't have to be that, like we should all be very sex positive. And if you wanna have sex with somebody, you should have sex with them. And like, like to, let's go into all that. So like none of my conversation, I want to like discourage anyone from like feeling those urges and feelings and like wants and needs and desires and like lifestyles. That's totally something that, but I, I wanna make sure that people are making a conscious decision that that's what they want and that that's what their partner wants versus um, you know, like me, for instance, knowing that like, I really like someone, this happened to me around this time last year, actually, um, where I met someone and like, we were hanging out a lot and I was like, wow, this is, this is, this seems like this could go somewhere. This could go somewhere. And like, this person was like reciprocating all of that. But at the end, all he wanted was sex. He didn't want it to mm -hmm. go past that. He didn't want to go on dates. He didn't want to do anything. He's like, we can flirt in public. We can flirt in private. Like we can go walk on the beach, but like know that when we go on this walk on the beach, like the thing, the goal is to like get to sex. And I was like, ah, no, that's not me. My goal is to get to like a point to where like we have dinner with each other tonight. Yeah. And like, that's really nice. <laughs> and like, end of night, good night. Yeah, Whitney, Whitney talked about this on her podcast and it like, it really hit with me when her and her husband, when they started dating, she kind of laid it out like, hey, I'm dating to get married. I'm not dating for funsies. I'm not dating because this is like, because I want to have a good time. No, I'm dating so I can end up in a marriage. And he was under that, 
had that same mindset too. Like, no, I'm dating to get married. I'm not doing this just for fun. Um, and I think, I think at least around our age, my sister's, my sister's seven years older than me. Um, at least people our age, it's not so much dating to get married. Like if, if you want to get married, have that attention, have that intention in your mind, but also realize that not everybody has that same intention. And I think that that is where the friction and the conflict comes in. Yes, absolutely. And to talk about that in both of y'all's situations, um, well, you know, communication was important. Communication, saying the expectation of what you want to do. And the thing is, is that so many people think that they can change someone else's mind or belief them mm-hmm. or that it's going to be an exception because it's you, which is cool if you feel that way because everybody needs to know who they are, okay? But the thing is, you can't change uh, somebody else. You can only change yourself. So for me, I personally don't believe I will get married or have kids. That's just not any goal of mine. I've never truly liked the idea of either one. And that's me. So if my partner were to change their mind and say, you know, I would like this, then we would have to reevaluate as to what we're doing because that's not fair to either one of us because a compromise isn't about, you know, changing the other person's belief system. It's about Mm -hmm. everybody getting what they need in that moment. So communication definitely for me is one of the biggest things that any relationship is based on because even when I was over here you know on the apps living (laughs) okay um you know just being able to say like what are you here for and answer honestly because if you want sex you want sex that's it you know but if you would like this to develop into something more then just say that either way You just have to be honest because we can want the same thing, but you have to let me know so I can act accordingly because ultimately I'm trying to guard my heart because I have to make sure that I'm good. Yep. I I definitely feel that. I know with, we'll call it, we'll call it an entanglement. Um, That, in that situation I was with, it was messy on my part because said person had a partner uh, and I didn't respect that. So that is a problem. Uh, and that's something that I definitely acknowledge as like, you can definitely do better even that was disrespectful to the, in the highest sense. Um, but it was, I, I will say I did a better job of communicating like, hey sis, um, what to do, I'm trying to date you. And now it's, now I'm in a position of like, one, I don't know what I want. Two, I don't even know if I want to be with anyone. Three, I don't even know if I want to be with you. Which, which, like, uh, that's that's a little like jarring on my sense because it's, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a change. But, it I can't I can't change what they want nor I nor can I change who they are like what Dana said I could change what I want 
and change habits that I have, um, change things about myself. But I'm not, one thing, again, back to the non-negotiables, one thing that I think people have to understand is there are certain things that you shouldn't have to change in order to get a partner. Like the person that you're gonna, the person that is meant for you will come. Yes. Uh, and one thing that I definitely refuse to change is the growth that I've made in the past two years just to accommodate your feelings. I'm not doing that. I'm no longer doing that. I did it two years ago. I did it four years ago. I'm not doing that again. Period. Yeah. And I think that also brings up like another point to me. It's like, I really struggle with like the idea of dating someone outside of like my like four years in front of me and four years behind me. Cause I feel like we're at completely different stages in our lives. Um, and for those people who prefer to date older or prefer to date younger, you know, like I'm so interested in what it, what it sometimes feels like to be in two different places in your life, either, you know, monetarily, uh, or like mentally or, you know, all these different things because like once again I'll like throw my bias on the table I'm a super switch like <laughs> I'm like I want us to be on the same plane the entire time and like let's fight it out the entire time but um you know if you're dating someone and you realize oh wow this person doesn't know what the word intersectionality means. Do I spend all of my days educating them and trying to get them up to speed of where I'm at and like so that we can have riveting conversation? <laughs> or or do I I take myself down a couple of notches and not use the word intersectionality, but like use, you know, the description of that and like I, I don't want to say dumb it down, but like, you know, simplify it, you know, simplify your thoughts, simplify the things that you care about, you know, I like dating someone who has no knowledge of theater is painful. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I have tech. They're like, oh, you do that for a day? I'm like, no, I feel like I do that for a year and a half. You're never going to see me. I'm terribly sorry, but like, know that I still like you and I will after this week of hell, you know, and like dating a doctor, like, I don't know what you talk about as a doctor, <laughs> you know, like when I go and have like a, a dinner date with you, what do I talk about? Oh yeah. I, I was anemic when I was a kid. <laughs> I think with that, it's like, if, if somebody's willing to learn and is showing interest in things that you are doing, I feel like that's, that's not that big of a deal. Like the, the four, four in front and four behind, like that's, I can't date somebody who's two years younger than me. Like that's, can't do that's a big jump. Can't do it. Cannot do it. But also I think with some people who do date younger or who do, who date older, I think it is some sort, I think it's a sense of mentality and maturity because you could be 80 something years old and still be one of the most immature people on this planet. It, maturity doesn't equate to, age maturity in my opinion maturity equates to experience and the things you learn from those experiences so you could have somebody who's like extremely mature and an older person who is the complete opposite and they they commesh well they commesh well 
Absolutely, know. because I'm not gonna put myself out here like that, like that. But let's <laughs> <laughs> where um there there were some moments that I was talking to some people that were older, and it was just like hitting a brick wall because just the maturity wasn't there. So mm. they still expected me to be, you know, because you know, bottom. But <laughs> so I'm looking <laughs> for someone who still has like a dominant personality because I have a dominant personality. So I need you to be able to at least match me. That's it. So when those needs weren't being met, that's when it was time to reevaluate and be like, you know what? This isn't working. I thought possibly because you were older, you know, it could have been a little bit more um, evenly, you know, matched, but it wasn't. Psych. (laughs) Acknowledging that, taking that lesson and moving on. And really, I don't think that we give enough, I don't want to say the word honor again, but for right now, honor, um, to the fact of being able to move on. And giving, you know, yourself grace that, you know, these situations were lessons because Raven, I had a situation like yours where I was not in the best. I was in a situationship. It was just a hot mess. It was problematic. That's what we used to call them. Situationships. Yeah. It very much was a situation. Yeah. You know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) I was about to say, do you know who I'm talking about? I think so. Yes. 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 We are. Yes. Um, We we are here. But you see me. I see you. We see each other. (laughs) See each other. We see each other. Because, you know, there were times that I knew it was wrong in the sense that I wasn't, you know, um, fully allowing myself to be because I shouldn't be anyone's secret. That's not it. I should to, you know, and that's the thing is I knew that I needed better for myself, not wanted just better, but needed better for me. But it wasn't until I got absolutely fed up with everything that I was like, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, people can lie. People can say they love you, but until their actions match up with what is going on. All of that is null and void. All of it. Because everybody can talk a good game. But if they're not showing you with actions behind it, then literally it's a waste of time. And so many times, especially I feel like within the LGBTQIA plus community, there are these situationships because people are afraid of getting attached. Because people have been hurt, especially like before they were comfortable fully with themselves, before, you know, anything else. And then, you know, even dealing with marriage, I feel like that's a whole nother segment that could be going on for days because, you know, we haven't been afforded the same abilities of being able to get married everywhere. So it's like, why would I aspire for something if I can't even get it, if I would want it? So it's like all of these things put together is like just the perfect amalgamation of just, yes. Uh, can we put a pin on it? I think we're about to be up on the time. Yeah. 
Let's listen recording. to the song of the day. <laughs> okay, so Mike Posner. Posner? Mike Posner. Um, he released an album uh, this past week, or like two weeks ago. Uh, he released the album, and it's called The Wake Up Project. And it's, it's intense. It is really, it's, he starts, he starts the, um, he starts off the project, uh, Operation Wake Up, that's what it is. Um, it's called Operation Wake Up. Um, and he starts off the EP, the album saying, hey y'all, um, this is like a completely fictional story, but it is based off some things that I went through, um everything that happened is completely fictional, but trigger warning, talk a lot about depression, talk a lot about mental health illness, talk, it ends with some suicide. Um, So just take, if you are struggling with this, don't listen to it. Listen to the entire thing in its entirety in one sitting. Um, I did that this week and it is, it was intense. It's really, it's really like, it's rare now um, that albums tell a complete story. It's very, very rare. You have to, they come few and far in between. Um, this is an album that you can't have on shuffle at all. Um, and this is an album that definitely should be listened to in its full entirety. But one song off that album that I really enjoy, um, just because it's like cute and uh it's funny and I kind of connected with it in the sense of like being awkward and being nervous. It's called Once in a While. Um, and the the subtitle of it, Mike Meets Jesse J. Um, and it's it has a great beat. It has a great beat. It's a beautiful beat. Um, great production. And Mike Posner, a great, a great writer, a great songwriter. Um, and he just it, a lot of people are calling it like a hip hopera, and it's 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 like that on a sense, but it's just definitely just listen to the entire album in one sitting. But if you want to start off with like a cute little ditty, you could do once in a while. So song of the week. Song of the week is once in a while. We're going to take a little break and we'll be right back. So y'all, we're going to end it right here. We have been having some technical difficulties. So we will see you next time for part two of this conversation. Again, thank you so much for watching. Watching? What? Thank you so much for listening (laughs) to the Rainbow Bunch podcast. This is what happens when you don't eat. Um, And we will see y'all next time. We love you. Eat. Yes. Bye. 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 Bye.